1: Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, brought to you by Savage Arms and the new 110 Ultralight. At about six pounds, the 110 Ultralight is designed to combat elevation and the elements while maintaining the performance of a factory blueprinted Savage 110 action. The carbon fiber wrapped stainless steel barrel makes it durable and lightweight. The rifle comes equipped with the Savage AccuFit technology, so that means it's adjustable and it comes in a variety of calibers the 308, the 270, the 28 Nozzler, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 30 and much more if you want to find out more information about the 110 ultralight visit savagearms.com
2: my name is clay newcomb and i'm the host of the bear hunting magazine podcast i'll also be your host into the world of hunting the icon of north american wilderness the bear we'll talk about tactics gear conservation but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet, Chasing bears. This one is going to be a little bit different. We're sitting around a campfire in Arkansas, and I've got a lot of my family with me and friends. We've got about 15 people. It's almost like a live podcast because several of us take turns telling stories, and my brother even sings a song with guitar this is a very fun podcast you're gonna enjoy it you're gonna enjoy the stories and you're gonna enjoy some of the new voices on this podcast and uh, a bunch of the kids were there my nieces and nephews my mom and dad and some other good friends you're gonna enjoy this this week i've been carrying my cva acura mountain rifle this gun has a Cerakote finish. It's got a shorter barrel. It's got a breakover. It's a breakover gun with a breech plug that you can undo without a tool. You can undo it with your fingers. I sighted this gun in last Friday with five shots. Uh, sighted it in at 100 yards easily. I really like carrying this gun. Unfortunately, I've not fired it at an animal yet, but I'm planning to remedy that real quick. This gun feels very good in hand. CVA has an incredible guarantee on all their guns. Check out the full line of loaders at cva.com. Hey, it's fall, it's, and, it's, and the winter is coming. We do a lot of hound hunting and dog-related activities in the winter. Anything you need, anything you need, check out DU Hunting Supply for anything that has to do with dogs, anything that has to do with sporting dogs. Heck, your pet dog. Uh, they carry a full line of, line of Garmin equipment. Garmin just came out with their new 200i, their Alpha 200i, which is their first new dog tracking device in eight years. This device tracks your dogs, does a whole bunch of new stuff the old Alpha didn't, but it also has a built-in reach, so that you can, you can communicate back home if you need to. Check out DU Supply for everything you need for this winter. Buddy Woodbury and his team of trained professionals are incredible at customer service. Check them out. Hey, we are still baiting a few bears around here. and We're using Northwoods bear products for for scent to attract bears into a bear bait. Check out Northwoods. You hear me talk about the, the gold rush, fryer grease additive all the time. I stand by it as my favorite Northwoods bear product. If you're baiting bears, it makes no sense not to be using commercial scents. So if you're still baiting bears this fall, or if you're going to be baiting bears next spring, I'm telling you, you will never regret, at a bear bait, having commercial scents. And the best scents that we've used, and I've used them for years, I used them before they were partners in this podcast, is Northwoods. Check out our friends there. And lastly, the Western Bear Foundation, non-profit hunting conservation organization for bears out west, fighting the good fight and uh, doing a lot of great stuff in the west. Check out the Western Bear Foundation. You're going to enjoy this podcast with my friends and family around a red oak fire in Arkansas. So, uh, Dad, did you know that there have been some grievances that have come up to me from the other pupils in the Gary Newcomb Hunting School of Hard Knocks. Because I have said in the past that I was the only graduate, actual graduate of the school. There were actually two other students, both of which you are here tonight. Uh, One of them is my older brother, Zach. Um, And Zach came to me and... And I actually apologized to him, but Zach, uh, so I just want to give you this opportunity to like relieve any grievance publicly. This is like the bully pulpit right here. Okay. The, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what now you, what you're saying is that you didn't really try to complete the school. Oh, wow. This is deep. But
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're forcing me to respond. So I was never in the school.
2: Okay, okay, okay. So,
3: what you said is that we were in a school and failed to graduate. Okay, okay. Now, what actually happened, the reality of the scenario, is that we were offered entrance to the school (laughs) and we said, we're good. (laughs) Okay, okay. Tuition's too high. (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) no, just not interested. (laughs) Not interested. Okay, okay. And so. So, you felt like you were misrepresented. I
2: felt like, yeah, yeah. So, it's not like there was an attempt to graduate. Tyler was for sure. You know, I'm gonna just recant that there were that I was the only graduate. I think Tyler graduated. And we're gonna hear a story from Tyler later. I think you were the
3: only graduate and the only attendee. Okay. And Unless Josh, Tyler thinks he was a graduate.
2: Josh was the summer camp I was the like, summer camp attendee. Josh has hunted enough with think... Gary Newcomb that he Basically, as the equivalent of education of someone that went to I like don't, a summer camp. I don't have a degree.
3: I have a certification. It's more of an associate's. It's yeah. like an
2: associate's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've even ever killed a bird. Like when we were kids <laughs> and we would hunt with BBs, <laughs> like I have the vivid, Here's my only hunting story. I have the vivid memory. Here we go, here we go. Yeah, you pulled it out of me. We have the vivid memory of going BB, and I could never hit the bird with the BB. Right. Like never, like really never could. Yeah. Like could never hit it. And then one day it was snowing, and I Mm. hit the bird, and then the blood, you know, was all over the snow. So is, it, so is it Zach created going to get a citation now. For <laughs> so creating this, I'm not podcast. saying I'm not saying what kind of bird it was. Maybe it was a game bird, Josh. Yeah, Josh. Bird. Maybe it was, it was a, a quail. Bird, maybe it was <laughs> a bobwhite quail. And then I have the I have that memory of Legally probably the only animal vegan. I've
2: ever actually killed. Okay, okay. Uh, but least, now other you're other actually a bug. big outdoorsman, though, Zach. Like you, other you than you've than not a you've not been a, a hunter, but you're a big fisherman, fly fisherman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we like we
3: like to do those things.
2: Yeah, for sure.
3: So but we never entered into the Gary. He was offered yes. Did, I I maybe Tyler entered. I would I wouldn't say I entered. I yeah. Yeah,
4: myself as much of a student but I had a little stint of learning how
2: to shoot a compound bow. Yeah. And we're going to get to that. Yeah. Dad, do you have any comments on a this? A lot of
3: a lot of competition compound bow. No, that was really fun. We we Shooting enjoyed that. some archery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I
2: I also was a Zach Newcomb School of Fly Fishing summer camp attendee as well. Really, <laughs> you did now, a lot of summer camping. Yeah. And
3: now Josh well, is like way surpassed oh, me in that. So Josh, yeah. Josh is now the no, master troutsman.
2: No, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, here's what right. here's what we're doing. We are. Uh, yeah, give that back to Ty. So we are. We're at our muzzleloader camp. And uh, let me let me count how many people are here. We got 15. We got fifteen people. Can anybody give me an estimation of on like a scale of like zero to ten for like a typical like hunting campfire size? Like what? Describe this fire. Ty, size of the fire? Yeah, like like. Can, it's G- a campfire,
1: not a bonfire. We're,
2: it's okay. We're, we're above average, but I'm not impressed. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I <was, like>, got <laughs> <a> six and <laughs> I <have> a half of seven. <laughs> above average, but unimpressed. If this fire was in your yard, you would be, like, highly impressed. I, I mean, am I right? I, it's a good fire. Atticus <laughs> I, has been
5: so unimpressed. I, well, I, <laughs> and, I remember and the last,
2: well, last deer camp when we had the... Oh, that was a good
5: one. Log, yeah.
2: and it was okay. it was roaring. So well, I've got a really so, high standard. So now. we're in uh, we're we're in Arkansas, we're at a muzzleloader camp, and uh, it's always important to note what kind of fire you're burning. I would say this is a red oak fire, which has a very distinct smell. It's got a an average crackle. You know, if you're burning uh, light birch wood up in northern Canada, it crackles and pops a lot. This stuff will burn all night like this, though. But, hey, here's what we're going to do. I've got uh, – there's five of us here that are going to tell a story. So the way this is going to work is each guy is going to tell a story. And we've got all our kids here. I've got three of my kids. Um, Ty Dennison's boys are here. We've got Simeon Spencer here. We've got Shepard. We've got my brother Zach. We've got my niece and nephew here, Ike and Clara. Um, and we have my mother and father, this is Juju Newcomb's first time on the podcast. She, I asked her to tell a hunting story and, uh, you know, I could tell you about the time she swatted me with a broom, but I won't. Okay. No, Juju, what an honor to have you here. Um, for the record, her, her legal name is not Juju. (laughs) That's correct. Judy, Judy. And then my brother Tyler's here. So, we're all here. Okay, who's going who's, who's gonna to tell the first story? Should I, should I start it out? Yeah. I guess I could start it out. Uh, Might as well. Yeah. Go for it. Okay, so Ty's going to tell a story. I'm going to start off with a story. Dad's going to think of a story, and then Tyler's going to tell a story. Okay, so the year was 2000. No, no, no. The year was 1999. The calendar had yet to flip to 2000. I remember that because I was dating Misty, some of you guys' mother, at the time. So it was it was after work, and it was mid-October, and I drove my S10 pickup. I was driving into this place on a non-maintained road, and a deer jumps out in front of me. And man, this was so long ago, I don't think I would do this anymore, but this was... This was legal. I stepped out of the truck. It was a pig trail. It was just a pig trail. And I walked off the road, and the deer just stood there. And I shoot this deer with my bow. Like, I walked off the road, shot this deer with my bow.
1: It just stood there
2: and let you... It just stood there. That's why I shot How it. many yards? Probably 25. Okay. It just stood there. I was going hunting on top of the mountain, so I didn't want to mess with... Like letting the deer, like usually you'd wait like 30 minutes before you trailed it. Man, as soon as I shot the deer and it ran off the hill, I just took out after it. And about the time it rolled to a stop, I just grabbed it by the back feet and carried it up the mountain, threw it in the back of the truck, and then went on to go hunting where I was wanting to hunt. When I got up to the tree stand, I've already got a deer in the back of the truck. And I mean, that's a pretty good day in the mountains and, uh, had a deer in the back of the truck and I'm hunting in a, hunting in a tree stand and right about probably an hour before dark, I see a big gobbler turkey coming up the hill. And at the time we had a fall turkey season and this, this gobbler turkey, he just comes right by me, right under the stand I drew my bow back, and he was about six or seven yards, poof, shot, and it hit just right in front of him, just stuck in the ground. And the, I remember the turkey jumped straight up in the air, you know, fluttered three or four times and probably went 12 feet off the ground. And I mean, when he hit the ground, he took off running and stopped out there across a the little draw at about 20 yards. Well, I grabbed another arrow. And I just pulled back and put it right on him. Poop, shot. And the it just I mean hit the turkey. The turkey turns, runs, and I'm up on the side of this mountain so you can see off this mountain. The turkey just jumps, spreads its wings, and sails like a bald eagle out across <laughs> this canyon. <laughs> I mean nice. <laughs> that is a bad thing that happens if we shoot a turkey with a bow. And I just thought, holy smokes, I am probably not gonna find that turkey. Well I sit up there to try to kill a deer for a little bit longer, and finally I say, Man, I better go find that turkey. I get out of the get out of the stand, go get my arrow, and I just start walking in the direction that turkey flew. And I walk around for you know, till just almost dark and it had been raining and it was real foggy. And so the woods were real quiet and I just made zigs and zags down in the bottom of the Canyon. And I mean, I was just looking for a Turkey laying on the ground and it wasn't going to happen. Well, I decide I make a big loop and come back to the truck. And I mean, i pretty much, I'm just like, well, I've got a deer, I guess the Turkey, I, I guess I'm not going to get this Turkey. I put my bow in my truck And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go one more time back over into this little spot and see what happens. I start walking down this road, and it's real quiet. And I come, it's like, you know, sometimes you're walking, and there's, like, real thick brush. And then all of a sudden, like, there's a new vista that opens up to you. And all of a sudden, you can see a new spot. But I'm walking, and all of a sudden, bam, I kind of come around the corner, and there is a turkey sitting on the ground like a like a roosted chicken with its head up, and I was so close to it, I could see that its eyes were closed. I mean, it was like <laughs> like five yards from me. This turkey is sitting there like a roosted chicken, kind of had its neck down, its wall, and its eyes were closed. And I freeze, and the turkey's right there, and I'm right here. And I, I, I had enough time to think, should I go back to the truck and get my bow? Or should I just rush this turkey? And <laughs> and ab- in a moment of clarity. <laughs> about that time, I see that turkey's eyes go, bing. His <laughs> eyes just popped wide open. And that turkey jumped up like it was not hurt and just took off down the mountain. Well, does anybody know? What would you do if that happened to you? Get after it. Man, I took after that turkey. And we take off running down the hill. And I remember I was running through briars and brambles. I was wearing those green lacrosse boots with a little yellow, the yellow rim around the top. Not exactly like the best athletic, like (laughs) running shoes. And I was running down the hill, and that turkey was about 10 yards in front of me because he got a jump on me. And we're running down the hill, running, running, running. And he's getting further and further away from me, further and further away from me. And I think, holy cow, that sucker's going to get away from me. And I'm just running as fast. I was like uh, 19. So as fast as a 19-year-old Clay Newcomb could run, he was running down the hill. And we get to the bottom of the hill. And that turkey had no option but to basically go back up the other ridge. We get to the bottom, and he starts going up the next ridge. Well, I get to the bottom. I start going up the next ridge. And I found his weakness. It was going uphill because as we start going up the hill, I start gaining on him. And I don't know if you've ever chased anything on foot, but there is a special adrenaline rush that a predator gets when it begins to fathom that it is actually going to be able to capture its prey. And, man, I started gaining on that sucker, and I was like, I'm going to catch that sucker. And we run up the hill, and I really don't. I would like to go back to that spot. I could take you to the spot and actually see how far it was. I mean, maybe it wasn't that far. It felt like I chased a turkey a quarter mile. You know, I probably didn't. But we start going up the hill, and I start gaining on him, and I am shocked that I'm gaining on him. And, man, I get about four or five feet from him, and I just dive poof, just straight up dive and just tackle that turkey. <laughs> and me and that turkey are both so tired that I, I, I just held on to him. I didn't even try to, like, wring his neck for a minute because I just I was just so tired. And the turkey was so tired. And he had his head up, and I just remember looking over at him, and his head was about four inches from my head, and we just looked at each other for a few minutes while we both breathed real hard. And then, I humanely dispatched the turkey with a twist of the neck. Took him back to the pickup truck, threw him in with a deer, and went over to Misty's house and showed her my my uh, my my gathering, and she married me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? classic? Who's next? Ty, tell us your story. Yeah, so um,
5: I <clears throat> I I didn't grow up in. The deer woods I grew up in South Texas in um the duck blinds um but all my duck hunting stories are boring um just involve waking up early and duck hunting coffee. stories are boring you're right i I love duck hunting yeah so i I came up here to Arkansas and started deer hunting and uh did not do well for quite some time um a lot of time in in the the deer woods unsuccessful where I'd either, uh, not see deer or I would, uh, miss a shot. Never, never had a bad shot that, that hit and I wounded an animal, thankfully. Um, but, uh, just lots of, lots of time observing and learning about how deer run around and getting used to sitting for hours. You don't have to sit for hours duck hunting really either. Like that was a shift for me was sitting in a deer stand um, for a long time, but I really enjoy it now. And I did at the time too. I just had to get used to, you know, you know three, four, five plus hours sometimes mm-hmm. just, just sitting still. And so kind of getting my, my, my time, my reps in at the gym, I guess you mm-hmm. could say, but, uh, thankfully, uh, it would have been almost three years ago. I got my first, uh, buck With the help of one Clay Newsom, was that three years ago?
2: Three or two? It was two years ago. Eighteen, fall of eighteen. Yeah, fall of eighteen. Fall
5: of eighteen. Fall of of eighteen. Yeah. Um, we went out. (laughs) Ironically, after all the time that I'd spent deep in the woods, this was on a less wooded property. Like I wasn't, I, I, you know, we you dropped me off from your truck it wasn't something I had to hike into mm-hmm. I, wasn't, I was ground hunting I wasn't even yeah. a tree stand hunting some private land yep. in northwest Arkansas so um, got got settled in and um, was it was in the middle of the day and I was actually I was I was sitting there and I'd, I'd kind of learned how to multitask and do different stuff in the stand I, I know Josh today took the Kindle out with him to uh, Did
2: a do a little reading <laughs>
5: and i was i was like man okay well i i know later in the day is higher activity and i had some stuff that i could kind of do for work i'm a uh, software engineer and uh, so i pulled my phone out and i was like oh i got service so I'm, i start writing technical you didn't documentation tell me this. yeah i start writing tech docs for oh, one of our clients wow and uh, wow. I'm, I'm so i'll, I'll write a, i'd describe something and i look around and just kind of wait and uh, and i'd go back to writing something and, and I look up and look for a while, wait, and uh, I've, I've got. Um, was it's rifle season, so I've got a uh, 300 Win Mag on a tripod in front of me. Um, so I know what a 300
2: Win Mag is. Yeah. No.
5: no, it's a big gun. It's a big gun. Very effective caliber. You yeah, you do not have to be very close. Um, and uh, I actually wasn't in this situation. I wasn't too far away. I think it was. 200 yards, maybe 250. I'm looking, maybe not even that far, but uh, I, I look up and I see a doe down the road cross a clearing, but not in time for me to take any kind of action. And I'm like, oh man, that was my deer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring home another goose egg. That was I, your there, deer. There was the deer that I was supposed to shoot, but I you were, was. Busy. He was sitting
2: on the edge of a big field, so he could see. You could see. Oh, real five hundred yards yep. in one direction, and probably three or four hundred in another. Yep,
5: yeah. And I, uh, I thought, well, there, there went my chance. And but it was still early in the afternoon, so I thought, okay. And so I, I get everything ready, and sure enough, as soon as uh, a little, not even fifteen seconds after I'd kind of processed, okay, get ready anyway. Here comes a buck, chasing after that doe, and I. Got super excited because this was this was more than I hoped for. I was just trying to fill the freezer at this point. Right, I had been skunked so many times going out. There's one thing if I was trying to be selective here, I just wanted a deer, and thought I had missed my deer, which was a doe. And I see, uh, I see antlers, and then he puts his head down, and I take my shot. Pow! And uh, he doesn't go, but maybe 20 yards and drops. And all of a sudden. Because Clay was hunting further on the property, I get t- excited text from Clay like, "Did you just shoot?" And uh, I was like, "Yeah, I got one." And uh, man, I sat there super excited, and was waiting because I knew I needed to wait for a while. And did you, did you see the deer go down? I saw him go down. Yeah, I saw him, I saw him go down, and I knew I dropped him, but I wanted to wait and not. I was probably trying to wait about half an hour. And about 20 minutes after that, uh, I was, there was a, 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 I don't know if it was a ridge. Yeah, probably it's like a ridgeline. And I see a, a doe, like three does come out from the top and start playing around in front of me. And and these were much closer. These were maybe 50 yards in front of me. Mm. And I'm like, I'm going to take like three deer home all of a sudden. I get super excited. And and I, I, Message with clay and i was like nah this just stick with the one deer um but yeah sure enough went over there and it was it was for this
2: for the region it was a it was a good buck it well was, it, it was the best deer that has been taken off that property in a long time let me put it that way so it's first hunt on the property yep. now was that your first deer that's my first deer first deer i holed him because yep. I was trying to just put him in just an average spot. You know, I didn't want him to kill a big buck. Put him there, and he kills the biggest buck killed on that farm anyway, in probably huh? 15 years. What do y'all think about that? <laughs> That's great. Y'all know I'm just kidding, right? I really didn't want a garholing. Can I, mean, we get I did a little bit. Can we get a definition of garholin? Garholin? Do y'all know what a garholin is? Shepard does cuz I gar him all the time. <laughs> Do you know what it means Atticus? I'm only guessing. Does it mean like trying to keep people away? Yes. From good places? That is Atticus said trying to keep people away from good places. That is that nails garholing. Really? I think the I think the phrase comes it's a fishing phrase yeah. when you say, "Yeah, that's a good fishing spot." And you go down there and all that's in there is gar. And so they gar hold me. You which know, are there's no game fish there. It's just gar. Those are is, fun to fish. Well, they're hard. They're, and trash. they're Not good to. Eat. And you can't you know, eat so them. So they say they trash fish. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. no. So Ty kills this beautiful 130 inch buck, and I remember he texted me a picture of it, and he said, "I killed a proper buck." He used that phrase. "I killed a proper buck," which, you know, he knows now better than to use that kind of terminology. <laughs> To describe a buck. Well, I was worried that it was going to be just barely shootable, <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, you it, just killed it was a gonna big be, buck!" Yeah, I, I, thought I would it have just... spent my whole season hunting that buck. Yeah, it was a good one, man. So yeah. a beautiful buck. So all it right. all worked out over over time. It was worth all
5: the investment. Yes, all the all what the...
1: Was the official
5: score. You know, we never scored it. we never scored, scored it. it. Yeah, we never we'll have scored to score it. it when we get it back yeah. from the
2: taxidermist. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, Atticus. Yeah, yeah, you like to eat it, didn't you? It was good. Good. All right, Dad or Tyler, who's going next?
6: I can, ju- I can jump in. All right, Tyler, All hit right. us, man. Tell you guys my- Hey, you, do you have a good song you could play us? Maybe.
2: Hey, you. Okay, tell your story, <laughs> then when Dad tells his, then you come back with a song.
6: Okay, we'll see what we can pull out. Okay. Just a thought. Okay. All right. I mean, the last so, person
2: that played a guitar on this podcast was Ted Nugent, so...
6: Oh, really? <laughs> no, no pressure. Okay.
2: <laughs> nice. Can you play the national anthem? No.
6: <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Not quite. All right. So my big hunting story. I'm not going to tell you about killing a big bear. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you about story, me killing a big buck. What was that?
4: You're going to save that story,
6: We'll save that. We'll save that. But I will tell you, this is the only mammal that I've ever killed. To I'm going to let you guys figure this out by the end of this story, what really happened here. Let's build this. I'm going to build box. this story. What was that? Is it bigger than a bread box? <laughs> bigger than a bread box. Close. I'm not going to give it away, man. No hints here. All right. So I got into shooting the compound bow. It was a beautiful time of my life. I'm going to say this could have been a four-month period of my life where I just absolutely (laughs) loved shooting a compound bow. And Mm. I went to probably three tournaments. I believe I placed one time, maybe third place. Mm. And it was fascinating. It It was exciting. I have no idea why I actually stopped doing that. But one day I was out it's practicing. Like a time of deep probably. reflection. <laughs> yeah, probably because Dad gave your bow to Josh. That <laughs> that, <laughs> that may have been it. That very well may have been it. Uh, so I was out shooting, practicing, shooting a a target of just a just a deer, not a real deer, target deer. How do you say that? That shows you how long I've been out of the I out mean, of we, the industry. We could call it a deer target. Deer target,
2: as, as opposed to a target deer.
6: <laughs> target deer, deer target. So I'm just trying to validate this is a true story. Okay, I'm 36 years old. This was probably when I was 10 or maybe 13, somewhere in there. Wow, three year span. Somewhere within there, I'm guessing. So, yeah, I think you were younger than that. You were younger.
0: You you were dead gum still in
6: diapers, man. Finish the okay. story. I I may have been shooting a deer target. There we go. So as I'm shooting the target, I look, I'm going to guess 20 yards behind that target was a rabbit. Hmm. A real rabbit? A real rabbit. A target rabbit. Not a target rabbit. (laughs) Not a, yeah, not a target rabbit. Then what happened? I made the decision that I wanted to shoot that rabbit with a compound bow, so I snuck over there. The rabbit hadn't moved. I pulled back, nailed it. I'm going to say it jumped about six feet in the air and squealed. And so that was my kill right wow. there.
2: Wow. Wow! Good story, Tyler. <laughs> Thank you. You're, you're you're one bow kill. Yep. Incredible. One bow kill. Incredible. Well, Dad, do you have a
0: story? Well, you know, kind of. I mean, it's no big deal, really, but... The one story I think I would tell that maybe I hadn't mentioned before would be, um, I would turkey hunt with a gun, kill a, kill a bird with my gun. Then I'd, I'd go hunting with my bow. And, uh, so I went out one day and the birds weren't gobbling and I took a little break. And as I was taking my break, I
2: would call and I heard, I heard. I'm going to be, I'm going to be your sound effects guy. Okay.
0: Very good. I could hear it, it. The woods were real dry, and I could hear more than one bird up above me coming across the backside. They weren't gobbling.
2: Oh, sorry.
0: Recant. And so you know, I'm going like these birds. How did you hear them? You heard them walking. I heard them walking. And so I'm like, uh, that's good with your sound effects. Uh, So I hear these birds walking. I'm thinking, you know, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. They don't come downhill. So these birds are going to go past me, and there's a chance they're going to come in from the front side. So I get all my equipment ready, and uh, I'm sitting there. And I'm pretty well camouflaged, just sitting on the ground. And these birds go down 50, 75 yards. Then they come down even with me, and then they come to me. Have they gobbled yet? They, they, they don't gobble. These birds don't gobble. They know they're on their death walk. This is their last stroll. So I'm, I'm sitting here ready. And here comes really just one bird. The other bird didn't come in. And this bird was big. And he had a 10 or 11, what do you have, 10-inch beard, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. He was a good bird. And so he's coming in, he's strutting, you know, he's, he hears this beautiful hen yupping. And he doesn't know that the little hen's got a compound bow in her hand. So, So he comes up, and this is what I found really intriguing is turkeys they don't like to come downhill they don't like going over objects they don't like crossing creeks there's a lot of stuff they don't like doing They're real picky and this bird followed all the rules it's like it had a textbook okay i don't go downhill so he actually comes in coming uphill towards me when he comes to me there's a log there he won't cross that log so he comes to that log and i'm sitting here like this and he gets to strutting up and down that log. Is it's he locked. jumping
2: up on the log? No, no.
0: He's just... He's just on the other side he, of he it. Won't, he won't cross this tree, this log. I wonder how he
2: walked every day out in the woods. Do you think well, he could cross the log?
0: <laughs> I think this bird was destined to be in my freezer. So th- this guy, as he comes up and he turns and I see his fan and I'm thinking, you know, I believe... That's what I've been looking for. And so finally, the bird did it two or three times. And about the third time, when it turned and did the big strut, I whacked the bird. And the bird went about 10 yards and fell over dead. Dead turkey. And so. With the compound bow. Of course, I go to town. 30 years later, I still have people going, I remember when you kill that, the barber that we used to go to. Uh-huh. Uh, every time I'd go in there to get a haircut, which was about once every five years, because I'm bald headed, <laughs> he'd go. I remember when you had that turkey across the street. You know, I took it down and showed it to somebody. I forgot, but anyway, you know, kill a turkey with a bow, and I did that occasionally. Hunted them, mm-hmm. but that, but that time was was really special to me. So,
2: yeah, because he you killed it without a blind, which was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's still a tough thing. But back then, not many people were even doing it with blinds. Right. You know, I mean, the last 20 years, people have kind of got on to killing turkeys with a bow, but mostly they're doing it in blinds. Right, right. So d- just doing it out in the mountains. Yeah, I never used land. a blind.
0: I'll, and, you know, and I had a lot of birds, you know, I probably, you know, I had a lot of opportunities to kill birds, but that's the only one I killed with my bow, even though I missed a couple, you know, made some mistakes right to the last minute. But, you know, it was really fun to kill that try to kill that second bird with a bow yeah so anyway
5: i've still yet to go turkey hunting and i want oh,
0: to man, I, I want to go
2: turkey feather in my hat right let, now. Let,
0: let me sneak in uh, just a real quick story yeah.
2: yeah i come
0: home one day from turkey hunting and i tell judy i go judy I, this is crazy but i know where a bird is going to be strutting this afternoon i don't remember why i even knew it you know they have strut zones right and i go i, I heard the bird goblin He'd gobble here and he'd gobble here. Gobble. I said, that bird is in this particular place. And I said, why don't you go with me? Judy hates hunting. Doesn't want to hunt. What? You know? And so I said. She it's doesn't gonna... hate
2: hunting. She I just said, doesn't like to hunt. She so doesn't want to go. Let's paraphrase She doesn't want
0: to go. So that afternoon, you know, when I come in from hunting, I go, Judy, I want to take you and Gracie on a hike. Gracie's a dog. And at the end of the hike, <laughs> I'm going to kill this big gobbler. And, you know, that never works out. So I got my lab, who is well-trained and will do exactly what I tell it to do, really. And I got Judy, which she has me well-trained, and I do whatever she wants. So we take (laughs) off on this about a half a mile to a three-quarters of a mile hike. And when we get to a certain spot, I said, Gracie, sit. I said, Judy, you and Gracie sit right here. (laughs) And I swear, I ducked down. And I walked about thirty yards and I stood up and just took my gun and killed a big <laughs> Tom Turkey strutting. He was exactly just right there. where no I mean it was crazy. It was just where you thought it was. Exactly. I mean it was a strut zone. Oh darn. Uh, you know, I've never it sounds like a turkey story, but it
2: really I happened. That. Judy witnessed it. She well, saw the whole Judy, thing. Judy, is this true? Can you verify that what he said was true?
4: Very true. I watched the whole thing. Set by Gracie, held on to Gracie. What did
2: he do after he shot it? Was he excited?
4: Oh, he was thrilled to death. Yes. I was shocked. <laughs> I wasn't shocked. Did you let Gracie go I, when he shot No, no. I held on to Gracie.
0: She would Gracie would have stayed there anyway. Juju, what story do you want to tell?
4: I really have no hunting story since this is my first experience at deer camp. Mm. I've never come to deer camp before. So that is true. So it's been quite an experience. What
2: have you been doing with your life?
4: <laughs> oh, I've enjoyed my time at home in a quiet house mm-hmm. while everybody else was deer hunting.
2: Why did those but people have... at the bar know your name?
4: Well, that's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> that's a mule story that uh, Clay will have no.
2: to tell. Uh, everybody knows that story. It, it's a long, funny story that I give my mom a hard time about because I had to go into a bar one time to look for a lost mule. And a guy, one of her former students was in there, heard <laughs> my name, and said, is your mom Judy Newcomb? And I didn't know why this man knew my mother's name. You know, y'all, it, y'all have heard the story. And I go, yeah, she is. And I didn't know if I was going to have to fight this guy. I didn't know what was about to happen. And he goes, she was my teacher. <laughs> anyway, so I always, always give Juju a hard time because they knew her name down at the, you know, at the bar. So I just wondered if you had wanted to like say anything about that.
4: No, I really have nothing to say. <laughs> I've enjoyed watching though the dads with their kids. Hey, I tell you something about hunting. Judy Newcomb. Oh, no.
0: Inside of all of us is a hunter. I'm telling you, and it has come out since I have retired. Judy Newcomb loves to check her
2: spider traps. <laughs> I mean, it's like a, it's like
0: running traps in the house. She'll go, man, look here how many I got last night. Well, I
2: hate spiders.
4: I don't want them in my house.
0: So anyway. So I it,
4: will kill a spider.
0: And, and then <laughs> I told her there's a, a, a mouse in the camper. I mean, she brings me all the paraphernalia to catch this mouse. Did you get him? Did you get him? If I don't get him, you know, it's like she's a better hunter than I am. Mm. It, it's the pressure's. Amazing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tyler, you got a song for us?
6: If I if I could remember the song. How does that one go? Billy and Bobby. It's and all sir. about just being a country guy. Well, I'm a country man. The, oh, it get, it, try it. Want going to just try it? Yeah, okay. try it, try it. Uh, skull, scars. I mean, yeah, get, like get in the... We'll Get see. It. This one has I, yeah, not... I want to say this podcast has like, we've spoken about a lot of things that I don't endorse. And I did write a song that involved hunting about five years ago that was talking about the inner hunter that's been deprived. But I don't think I could sing it because I don't really remember it yet. But right now, but let, let me just see. Let me just, this one's an oldie, oldie, oldie.
2: Let's see what you got, Tyler. All right, Tyler, sing it, man. All right. I may sing along a little bit with you. Tyler wrote this when He was in the seventh grade.
6: Well, we're the country kind. Boy, we sure don't mind a field or two. Occupying our entire day. Some people answer to their boss while sitting at their desks all day. We answer to the wild. We answer to our hate. Tell it like it is. We put deer stands in trees. We take pride in making cheese from our goat's milk. We milk them in the morn. Taking care of our animals and our 40-acre yard was really hard back before. Bobby and Billy and Willie and Jilly and Crystal (laughs) and Otis were born. That's right. Well, I'm a country man. When you think about me and about who I am, what what do do you you think? think? Hey, well, I can sum me up. And that's with this. I like Dippin' skull, I like dippin' skull. I like it fresh and I like those circles of faded denim on my back pockets. <laughs> Me and my buddies getting a contest. We pull Little out our Wranglers, wranglers we see, see who's, who's the best. best, who's got the widest rings of skull scars Skulls. faded on our jeans. My wife prefers me dipping wintergreen. But sometimes when I'm on my bush hog machine, I pull out the regular flavor. Who cares about your breath when you're doing manual labor? Hey, we're country here. (laughs)
2: All right. Okay, now we do want to make it public that we never condone any type of tobacco. That's right. No mouth tobacco, no any kind of tobacco. That's right. From any kind. Tobacco free.
6: But good song, Tyler. Thank you. You wrote that when you were in seventh grade? Uh, That one may have been ninth grade. Oh, a little wow. Later. This is a little later work. Yeah. Little, yep. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Keep the wild places wild, because that's right where here, the, the bears, bears live.
2: That's it. Nailed it.